Mm-hmm. Recorded live. I'm Mara Chwastik. I'm Wayne Gladstone, and this is Sticks and Stones. The show where words can never hurt you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Tonight we have a guest who is not an actress, model, dancer, whatever, if anyone gets that reference, but he is an actor, stand-up comedy writer, whatever funny thing he can be, and he currently co-hosts Lasers in the Jungle every Thursday. His name is Sean Crespo, and he's on Twitter at Sean Crespo, S-E-A-N-C-R-E-S-P-O, for anyone who is typing it into their computer as they hear. Sean, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm good. Just uh, I was telling these guys before this all started. Everybody, anybody listening, you you might hear dogs bark at a certain point. That will be my wife coming home and my dogs losing their minds. So just be aware. And when you said that, I was thinking your, your wife was going to come home with the dogs, but now I understand they're just going to be overwhelmed with excitement and uh, and rushing the door, presumably. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am home. I, I go to auditions and I come home and be sad with the dogs. My wife is at a full-time job being successful and powerful, and they, the dogs respect that authority when she comes home. <laughs> she's the alpha? Is that the situation? Oh, she's totally the alpha, yeah. There's no question <laughs> about that. I'm not even beta. Are we going um, to lose you as well? Are you also going to rush the door and kind of, uh, you know, make a lot of noise and excitement? It's okay. Just let us know. We'll yeah. I have that. to. I have to put my scent somewhere, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, How are I, you guys? Well, you know. You Enough know, about me. Yeah, really. Come on. <laughs> we gave you as much time yeah. as Look, we, we deserved. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We ran the gamut. It's not that interesting. Let's go back to you. So we're gonna. I, we usually. I usually let uh, Mara. I usually let. This is my co-host. Uh, uh, my equal in all ways and superior in many, which makes no sense. Um, but she usually asks the first question, mm-hmm. and I just decided to ramble a little bit and just kind of talk and be <laughs> uninteresting to buy Fair her enough. time because, as she mentioned, she was having a whiskey, so she's probably not even vaguely sober. So I just wanted to let her collect herself and jump right into the first question. I'm trapped. Who are you guys? What is this? I don't know why there's a phone in my ear. This is a typewriter. We like to talk to to people uh, who are artists and performers, and we like to talk about how they came to be that. And you're someone, you're kind of a a jack-of-all-trades, really. Um, So I wanted to start off sort of asking what... What? Nothing. You were making him blush. I could tell over the phone, but I was insisting that he accepts the title well, of Jack of no, All Trades. I mean, the saying is Jack of All Trades, Master of None. I mean, there's... You know, no, 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 that's, that's just a shitty, that's just that's a shitty follow-up. That was, that was sort of an accidentally <laughs> insulting statement. That's no, true. no, Jack of All Trades exists by itself. Then yeah. you can turn it shitty and say Master <laughs> of None. Yeah. Does it, though? Does it no, Jack of All Trades does not per se mean dilettante, which is what I think is the, the fallacy that's being perpetrated here on this podcast, and I won't stand for it. I'm dealing with a society that said no to my candidate in five different states, and I will not tolerate any further bullshit. Move on. I'm very Big happy percentage. about that. So anyway, let's talk about how, <coughs> you first, <laughs> how you first got started, in particular about you know just being a, a funny person and what you were drawn to in comedy when you were young that made you think that that was sort of the area you wanted to devote your life to? Well, I'll tell you guys, uh, I'm from a town outside of Boston called Framingham, Framingham, Massachusetts. 
famous for its fun and games uh, and its golden mile. And it uh, in that Framingham area, I when I was about 14, I got a job at a Burger King. And I worked there for a couple summers. And then the Burger King got a Popeye's and a TCBY. And I was working at the TCBY. And a nice lady who was uh, working there with me named, uh, I think it was Karen or Rachel. It's been a million years. She was super incredibly nice. And it turned out, like, we started talking about comedy. And she said, oh, I'm a comedian. And I was like, what? This is like meeting royalty. And she was super sweet and offered to take me into Boston to like introduce me to people at the room she was performing in. And uh, the first night I went into Boston at this, uh, it was at the, the Comedy Vault on Boylston mm-hmm. Street. It's still there, I think. Um, uh, she was uh, like third up on a show with like Dane Cook and this guy Spike was hosting. It was this weird base. It was like 10 people just sort of angry to be there. Uh Um, She did great. Yeah, no. And then, and she like, she got them to throw me on and I was just about like worse than awful. Um, And they were very, were you prepared at all? Like, were you, did you have any, no, sorry. I'm just, uh, there's a little delay in the talking. I keep jumping on you. I'm sorry. Yep. It's okay. I'm used it's to it. It's like the dogs to Carol, you know, you to, you to Mara. Mm-hmm. It's, the same, it's the same thing. But I think Mara's question was, were you prepared for all? Like, did you have a set? I had, yeah. No, I had, like, these sad little note cards that I carried around in my pocket and had uh, – I had done, like, a, a coffee shop somewhere, like, in the middle of Massachusetts. I had been driving around with my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she was my girlfriend at that time. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll look into that. And make sure she was actually my girlfriend for the sake of you know journalistic integrity. Right. Um, I really, really want someone to be listening right now, just like really <laughs> super angry. Like uh, we went over this so many times. We were not dating. I, I don't know how <laughs> to get this through there. <laughs> like, just friends shaking yeah. as they hear. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, I just I done it once, so I just I got in this habit of carrying around note cards. Uh, I've never had an awesome memory. And uh, I went in and uh, just shat out all of the terrible ideas that I had that I thought were funny and got like, I think I got like a, when I went off script, I got some, uh, some chuckles finally. And then when I went back on script, it was just death. And, and that's how I started doing standup was that very nice lady, Robin. Her name was Robin. That's right. Oh yeah. That chick definitely wasn't dating you. I know Robin. No. Robin from no, Framingham? No, girl. It was a different girl. Oh, okay. Different girl. Oh, Rob. Wait, so quick question. So let's talk stand-up for a little bit. Um, yeah. I know you've done it on and off for years. Mostly off. Okay. <laughs> I understand. So I don't know where that um, came from. But... What? <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yeah. <laughs> what I, happened? I, I, here's the deal. I'm very peculiar. I love, like, I can point to multiple hour-long sets of stand-up comedy that I think are genius, that I think are art forms as high as any other art form. Mm-hmm. And I could love them and watch them and have watched them and studied them. And sure. I love But nine times out of ten, being in a comedy club makes me want to kill myself. Yeah. Do you relate to that at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't... Do you also want to kill Wayne? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Already killed him. He's been dead. This is pre-recorded. Wait, what? Yeah. Well, um, to, to the extent that you relate to that at all, please expound upon it, and you do the work for me. 
I mean, nobody likes, you know, it's, it, there's a, you go into one of those rooms and the social contract of what you could get and what you expect are two different things, possibly. Sometimes they're the same thing, but they're both so well known. Like, you can go into a stand-up room and, like, people, all right, there's the, the show where the comedian is going to talk to me and make me feel awkward and maybe they'll do a good job and it'll be fun anyways. But still, even, even if they do a good job, I feel awkward. There's that kind of show. And then there's, yeah. And then the other kind of show you can get is like where the audience are just like total drunk douchebags. And you're like, this isn't fun for the comedian or me. Right. Hate Um, that too. Is there another kind of room? Yeah. Well, there, there are just so many ways for it to go wrong. Right. It's sort of like, it's, it's funny. It's like, did you ever see like a, a a really good improv show? Rarely, but I have, yeah. Right, yeah. but that's the point. Like everybody acknowledges, like improv is rarely excellent. When it's excellent, it's unbeatable and it's amazing. That's right. That's right. But like nine times out of ten, you're like, hey, we're we're the concubines' fist. We're gonna be here. <laughs> we're opening up. Well, and all that you see all you see all the moves, right? I mean, you go to enough improv or even enough stand-up, you know that someone can do X, Y, and Z to get a certain amount of reaction. And well, well, the the, the thing with like a like like an improv group is just that. Like, all right, so the the beauty of a of a great show is that these people have been performing together for a long time, and they know each other, and they know how to right. play off each other. It's a very specific. Uh, situation and that's and I'm just circling back to the stand-up thing. Really great albums, uh, either you know the 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 comedian is either so huge like some comics in the '80s were uh, that it it doesn't you know they're in a stadium essentially right. and you know there's a sense of when you listen to it now it's also coated with nostalgia so it's hard to separate that from what they were actually doing. Um, so there's that and uh, you know or or if you get like a a really solid like you know, Pat Oswalt has a bunch of great albums. Sure. Um, but those are all like rooms where his people came to see him. Right. Um, and he so, did, he did his act. He didn't go up there and work a room per se. And yeah. here's the weird thing about, here's, here's why I, I, what drove me away from comedy clubs. Not that I ever wanted to be a stand up. I did some stand up, but I never wanted to like be a stand up. Right. That, to, to do it well, and by that I mean to succeed on the smaller scale, to get reliable work for them, to ask you back. It's like a craft, right? It's like a bunch of tricks and how to work the room and get a minimum laughs. And then if you, as Norm MacDonald says, if you do well enough at the craft, then maybe yeah. you'll get a chance to do art. And so yeah. I love all the art and all the brilliant artists, but the craft I find kind of tiresome to do and to watch. And the weird thing is, here's what I don't understand. Yeah. It doesn't really apply to any other art form. Like, to be good at the craft in music means you, like, play covers and you have a good dance beat and everyone at the wedding gets up and dance. But if you're the best at that, no one signs you to a record deal to make your own music. But Bro, I, is I, weird I, like that. Do you know what I mean? You have well, to, like, I, I think it's just that the... <laughs> no, I, I just think that the, the, on, the craft part of it in stand-up is... Like you know, it, it, you have to watch that being practiced on stage. Unfortunately, whereas like if you're a dancer or something, you know the, uh, you know the craft part, the training part is something you can just do in you know in a basement with a mean Russian. Whereas like stand-up <laughs> comedy, you've got to be on stage fucking up for you know ten thousand shows in a row, and that's, you know that's that's the thing. You just it's a relentless parade of failure, 
in front of other people. That's why everybody says it's the hardest thing on earth because, you know, it, it, it could be. I mean, Graham, oh, my God, my fucking cat is following me around. I love oh. you, buddy. <laughs> I'm walking around the apartment, by the way, just while I'm talking to you because it helps me to talk to get the blood flowing. And this fucking cat is jumping from couch to love seat to recliner over the table onto the fucking kitchen counter. It keeps getting in my feet. You stay over there, you fat tabby shit. All right. It's probably because, you know, he heard you uh, He heard you call the dogs some unpleasant things earlier, and he wants to keep tabs and uh, make sure you're dog. not going to... Keep tabs. Okay. The one dog. Yeah, I heard it. Yeah. He's a dick. Yeah. The other dog's a sweetie, aren't you? Are you a sweetie? Oh, she's wagging her tail. Oh, my goodness. There it is. There it is. Okay. Are you All allowed right. to, yeah. like, have favorites in that to that extent? I mean, you can't have it with kids, and I hear everybody talk about their pets like they're their kids. Are you allowed to just be like, yeah, no, the one is really great, and the other is a fucking douchebag? Is that I rub it in their faces. Ownership? I just, I let them know. Wow. Yeah, you can. I love uh, them all, okay. but, like, you know, my first my first cat and my first dog are my babies. The uh, the others are like, all right, we're going to rescue you so you don't die. But I, and I love <laughs> it. And I love that it. you took in for the government money? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Free free meals. Mm. Um, you know, I think it's time for Sean. I mean, we can keep yeah. talking about your pets. That's that's totally care. that's totally on the table. Totally on the table. Or we could move to our first game of the night. Yeah, right. let's do it. All right. Now, usually this is Mara's game, and she sets it up. But since it comes from, I have to establish the background because this is special. As I alluded to in the uh, tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that people would come listen today and find out why uh, our guest, Sean Crespo, who I used to think was a jerk. Now, yeah, I never told you that, right? But, no. But, it, but it probably because it was based on very, 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 <laughs> very little. Hey, no, that's so good. I don't remember. So I met you like uh, like eight years ago or whatever. It was some drink at work Yankee pot roast thing in New York City. Oh, my God, yeah. And And I think, you know, I had just started writing for Cracked, and you had done some stuff for Cracked, a video or two, because I think that was, were you friends with Pinkerton? Is that how that happened? Or I don't remember. Yeah, we hired Pinkerton at the Lampoon, and then when they fired all of us, they kept him on as editor because they were going to aggregate a lot of their content. He was, you know, he was game for that and really good at it. We weren't. <laughs> right. And then, he, so, and then Crack hired him, yeah. Right, right. So, and then and he left shortly after I started writing the uh frequently, which I no longer do. But anyway, um, so I met you at this thing, and I'd just known you from that, and I just didn't care for the way you shook my hand. <laughs> That's fair. Wow. I thought you kind of made a face, like, yeah, okay. Maybe you were just shy. Maybe you were thinking about cats. But I just kind of thought, like, maybe I was wrong, and maybe it was my own insecurity. Pretty sure the thought, the face I saw on you was, who's this fucking guy? <laughs> really? Yeah, and I have to say, even though I hated you for that, uh, when I saw your film, which was a drunk at work thing about the difficulty of drinking with coworkers, uh, oh, yeah. I laughed my ass off, and I still quote it to this day, which is a video where you get drunk with your coworkers, and I'm just going to repeat the line because I think about this line literally almost every single day for the last decade. Sean goes up to his coworkers and goes, I had a dream, and you were in it, and you were in it, and you were in it, and you were all on fire. <laughs> I don't remember that. That's, uh... that's the line, and uh, it stayed with me. So I didn't hold it against you, and then uh, I had nothing to do with you for many years, and then on Twitter you seemed like a swell guy, so I got over the whole handshake thing. 
Oh, so, my God, that's so long ago. It is. I'm a very hateful man. So tonight's theme, which I'll let Maura take it away, are, are people like it's about change. It, the theme of the first game is changing your opinion. Mm-hmm. So now I'll let Maura take it away. Take. <laughs> so our first game is called Stick, Stone, or Story. And I'm going to read three related anecdotes. You now know how they are related. They are all people who encountered something that they thought they didn't like, that they eventually did like. Uh, and I will read all three of those. And once you've heard all three, it will be up to you to determine which one is about me. I'm Mara Chua Stick, so that's Stick. Which one is about Wayne, Wayne Gladstone, Stone. And which one is about some third random person who exists somewhere on the earth and it is a true story and we didn't just make it up <laughs> to this podcast, but rather uh, is, is a celebrity of... Uh, of sorts, and so you'll have a you, for extra credit if you'd like. You can try and guess who the celebrity is. Um, so that that's the game. It's pretty straightforward, okay. right? Yeah, yeah that's pretty okay. easy. And by the way, right. Carol just came home, and the dogs did not uh, get super loud. So we're going to be okay, guys. I, I should mention. I, I think wrong. I met. I think I met Carol once at some like some e cards or happy place thing. And unlike you, she she shook my hand like a like a mensch, just like a total normal good person. She doesn't have social anxiety like I do, so I, I either clamp up or I get super gregarious. Uh, I, I, Sean, I don't actually remember if I I shook Carol's hand. It was just like a wave or something. So it's okay. I'm just being a dick. Okay, take it away, Mark. <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, the first one. This person was in a record store when suddenly Chris Isaac's Wicked Game came on. The person became instantly tense, upset, and angry and was so bothered they had to leave the store. By the second listen, though, the person reacted completely differently, and now Wicked Game is one of their favorite songs. That's the first. Okay. The second. This person couldn't stand the smell of coffee for most of their life, but when they started working the people they were surrounded with would consume coffee nonstop. And this person eventually got used to it and started drinking it and now drinks coffee as quickly as a chain smoker goes through a pack of cigarettes. And the third. This person was on a study abroad trip where all of the students flew over together. On the international flight, another student got drunk, made out with a stranger, and threw up in the aisle person despised the drinker, thinking they were a horrible, annoying person, and then found out that they were going to be put in the same room. After living together as roommates for a month, they became best friends and were friends ever since then. So there you go. Those are your three stories. You've got okay. song Chris Isaac's Wicked Game, Coffee, yep. and, uh, and Meeting Someone That You Hated and Then Became Friends With. And now you can determine which one you think is which one's Wayne, which one's myself, and which one's about a third random person who exists somewhere on the earth. All right. Uh, I'm going to say the you know the coffee one is the random person because we were talking about coffee earlier, and that feels like it's too much of a, a red herring or, you know, I, it could, you wouldn't have set it up. You couldn't have. That's evil. So let's say <laughs> that's the random third person. I'm going to say Chris Isaacs is Wayne, and I'll say the – plane the foreign exchange not foreign exchange the uh for trip uh was you mora absolutely nailed it you got all nailed it three to three man without hesitation you nailed it that and was you're thinking you're very... thinking with sound 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 yes, follow my gut gotta follow now, the gut guys 
you got a chance for an extra credit point here if you want it. Yeah, let's the see. coffee story was the celebrity. Uh, it could be any celebrity anywhere in the world. Uh, maybe not a major celebrity, but still. Uh, would you care to take a random guess in the dark as to who that might be? I mean, is it Mark Marin? Hmm. Can I guess? That's a legitimately good guess. Yes. Or, Go ahead. Uh, is it is it Brad Dereef? It it is not. But here's the thing: it took me forever to come up with this game tonight, and. The majority of the reason for that is that I literally read 25 different interviews with Brad Dereef. I was determined, like, oh, this will be the time that I can get something. I guess, I guess Brad Dereef every week, Sean. Just and I, just, I was like, no, this is it. This is it. This is a really broad category. Surely I can find something on Brad Dereef that will fill this spot. I could not. I mean, I could, but nothing that wasn't, like, so directly related to Chucky or to, like, to kill working with a particular actor. I mean, like, something oh, that was this, obviously... Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. juice of Safu. Oh, it's my just, goodness. So I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. So this, this is actually Lauren Graham of uh, Gilmore Girls. Uh, Lauren Graham. The, the coffee drinking was that uh, her character drank coffee nonstop, and now she also drinks coffee nonstop. Is that the mom or the phone. daughter? Or That's who the mom. That? That's the mom. the mom. Lauren Graham's the mom. Yeah, I think she's on Parenthood now, or was. I don't know if that show's still on. That's the extent I know about Lauren Graham. But nonetheless, you've got three for three. Very well done. So good. And I'm going to refill my whiskey because, you know, that's important. <laughs> let's, uh, let's, go, uh, let's go change topics now. Uh, I am under the impression that you have made some money acting in commercials. Yes. Yeah. Tell us about that experience and maybe how... Oh, it sounds like it would be debilitating and, and awful to audition for. And uh, are there any good experiences that came from that? Any pleasant things aside from getting paid to work your craft? Any pleasant things? The craft. The craft. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's a, most of, you know, the thing is, I have, I have all these uh, people that uh, I call audition buddies. They're just people I see at auditions. And you just, you, <laughs> just you have. look a little bit like you. No, not even like there's, you know, mm. just it's a lot of commercial stuff these days is, uh, you know, it, it very much used to be uh, a room full of views or different versions of you like fat you, tall you, short you, red haired you. Um, but now it's, you know, there's a lot more, it's a little more inclusive. So um, you get, uh, you just get, you get people of different race. You get it's like it's nice. It's uh, so you just have like a nice mix of friends that are probably more interesting and more diverse than any group of nat- friends you could naturally have formed. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're they're good. There's uh, uh, they you know they help pay the bills for long stretches of time. Um, you know, so in between ever that I, you've done that you've been a part of. Oh, none of them. I mean, I don't. I have like two things running right now and I'm happy that, and they're just voiceovers. I'm happy to have been a part of it, but like the, oh, the guy in the E-Trade spot I'm in is really funny. Joey Slotnick. He, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, dude, like you, you do like, you just do this for money. And uh, if you book a few a year uh, that run a bunch, you know, that can, that's all you really need. But the problem is like with a lot of non-union work out there these days. So, uh, and they don't run them as long, so you got to book like way more than you used to. It used to be like you'd book a commercial, and that's like, oh my god, honey, we can 
we can uh, like we can go on vacation. We can go whatever. We, when I lived in L.A., I remember hearing a guy. Uh, he go, I had just left this callback for some Toyota commercial, and uh, he this is the, it was like the second callback. So it was like down to him, me, and one other dude, and they there was room for like two people in the spot. So I was pretty sure I didn't get it, but this guy. I didn't say anything about, but this guy walked out and he was so confident he got it. He got on the phone with his girlfriend or his boyfriend and just, uh, he was, all I heard was, honey, buy the couch. <laughs> like, whatever, like, he was so, he was so absolutely sure. So whenever I, like, I, like, I pretend to Carol, like I'm a, I definitely booked that. I go, honey, buy the couch. That's what I'm saying. I was going to say, you use that as like, Definitely a shorthand for the rest of your life because I'm going oh, to totally. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to use it. Honey, by the couch. Whenever you think that's something's phenomenal. a sure thing that you have no business thinking is a sure thing. Oh, that's so fun. That's so fun. I'm so glad I got over hating you for that handshake. <laughs> I, oh, yeah, God, I, God, I really enriched my life by letting 99% the... chance I was sweating bullets and terrified of meeting people, so I was pretty... Probably. Like, yeah, look, look, look yeah. first of all, I'm, I'm, like, I'm exaggerating just for comedic effect. I'm telling you, even, even in that moment, I enjoyed that video immensely, which you don't even remember. I uh, no, I remember the video. I just didn't remember the line. And by the way, I, uh, I did some improv in that, but uh, Carol's ex had written that. So, uh, well, uh, yeah, yeah. I, mean, uh, yeah. I can't tell you if I wrote that or not. I, I don't know. You, you nailed it. You nailed the line. Um, I read a stupid piece. That I even remember what I read. Good memory. Anyway, um, I read a <laughs> Lindsay Lohan piece. Um, Okay, so moving on. I just had a quick question. So you, you said that the uh, commercials you've done were voiceovers. So do you then have like a voice reel that you're also sending out, or are you going into auditions for that? No, I have a, I have a, you, you, I have agents. Like I'm, I'm represented commercially and for hosting by Abrams. This Abrams artist mm-hmm. is his commercial agency, and I have, I have a, a for theatrical stuff or legit stuff, whatever you want to call it, for like TV shows and movies. I have a, a different set of agents who represent me, Judy Bowles. Um, so they just, I have, I have a, uh, you know, a reel of my stuff from TV that my mm-hmm. theatrical agents can send out or they can lead people to. I have a reel of my commercials that's like super out of date right now. And I have, uh, I have an old voiceover reel that's also out of date that they can use, but you know, oh, and it's all on they your- don't, well, sort yeah. But the, the, the thing is they don't really need to do that. You know, um, after a while, like there's like. 10 places to go to in New York for all these, for like all these commercials and VOs. So once they know you, they'll just, they're like, Oh, that guy or that girl, they just call you in on a regular basis through your agents and you, you just go in and hopefully you book. Oh man. I'm looking at (laughs) this real. You're so, you're so, you're so boyishly handsome and you're real. Oh, so you, which real are you looking at? From June 25th, uh, 2014. Oh yeah, that's older. Yeah, yeah, you look like a child. Oh, it starts with the uh, with I am drugs. I well, I'm not. I don't have the volume on because I don't want to interrupt the podcast. But uh, but uh, yeah. Am I, am I in a jacket on a field? Like, you know, you're in front of a bridge. In a jacket on a field. Yeah, well, yeah. Let's, let's take a listen to it for the for the kids at home. This is how it starts. Some men need stability. Yeah, yeah. That's I am drugs. Okay. Very good. Yeah, did you ever see those? You never I when you said an old video, I thought that's what you were going to bring up because that like 
I don't, you know, as good as my memory is, I, I can't, I can't, I can't say that I've committed the whole Sean Crespo catalog uh, to memory. I do remember you had a video on crack that was a long time ago that was like mocking um, the Chocolate Rain dude, and I think it was oh. called like Nilla Hale or something like that, and you just were singing that over and over again. Yeah. No, no, there were lyrics. I wrote a lot of lyrics for that. <laughs> no, I'm no, sorry, did... did I incorrectly remember a piece of video content you put out a decade ago? Ten years I ago, yeah. Minimum. That guy followed me on Twitter uh, for like five minutes the other day. Uh, what was his name? Zonde. Yeah, that's hey, so funny. My friend Matt Toby. You know Matt Toby? I don't know if you know Matt Toby. Uh, From he, crack. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Matt, from the very early days, yeah, yeah, yeah like, yeah, yeah, he, he he just told me that that guy followed him yesterday. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was having a conversation with Matt Toby today, and I was just making fun of him, and he just said, hey, 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 the chocolate rain guy followed me yesterday, lay off. I'm oh, holy shit, I, I haven't, ta- I, you know, I'm not, obviously, wasn't, like, besties or anything with the dude, but I chatted a couple times, uh, I think he, he, like, he had a blog, I had a blog, some guy named Reed had a blog, and... We talking about Somebody Toby or the, or the chocolate what, rain guy? Toby, Toby. Oh yeah, he had Hey Penny was his comedy site like yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, but not not to burst your bubble too much. That chocolate rain guy also followed my thirteen year old son on Vine. <laughs> well, <laughs> so, so you know, he's building an empire. You my my now, son bro. is is very funny, but uh, I was yeah. gonna say it sounds to me like he just knows talent right there. That's that's all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so let's we're going to move on to another staple of the show, which is uh, best or worst advice, because uh, you have a story which is becoming a little bit of a refrain on this show um, about uh, some of the best advice you got in stand-up. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, right? yeah. Well, the, the the short the short version is like the best and the worst advice is the same thing. In stand-up, it's like the only thing anybody can ever tell you is something you don't really need to hear because all anybody there's no advice that can help you improve what you're doing. All the the magic of stand-up is there's no magic. You just have to get on stage a thousand thousand times and suck forever, and then one day you're like, oh, I don't suck as bad. Uh, so the advice is something along the lines of this every single time. Uh, Get on stage as much as you can and keep writing. It's just, you know, it's sort of like it doesn't even need to be said. It's like, hey, you know, if you want to stay alive, keep breathing and eat and don't forget to poop once in a while. Um, uh, but I, I, when I, I did, I had done stand up from uh, uh, like 16 and a half, somewhere around there to about 20. And I just, I burned out because I'd started in an era in Boston when there was like all the clubs had closed and, Right. There was there was almost no stage time, and I was really unsure of myself. I didn't know who I was. I didn't have any points of view that were worth sharing. I mean, it was there was no point. I sh- I wish I hadn't started that early. Um, uh, so I stopped, and then when I moved to LA, uh, a couple, two or three years had passed, I guess, and I was like, oh my god, I I got to get back into this uh, because I was working with this manager, and one of his clients was Patton Oswalt. Uh, and I love Patton. Oh my God. I'd see him at shows all the time. Everything he did was great. I'd like, I'd be, uh, there was a show at Lulu's beehive. I don't even know if that's there anymore on Ventura Boulevard. And he would come do like pop in sets. And it was just like, it was just such a delight. And he was always nice too. So I got a hold of, uh, Patton's address from, uh, Sony where I was temping, uh, cause he was on King of Queens. <laughs> and, right. uh, I, uh, I like I how you say that part. like it's not creepy at all. 
You just can oh, spread right. it out there and then continue on with the story. I well, I know. Well, anyway, I got a stool sample of his because yeah. I cracked open a Quest Diagnostic has a specimen box. You can just jimmy the lock. Yeah, he's been on the road for 15 years because of his letter. Um, yeah, I, just, I, I, I got his letter, personal address. Like, hey, I'm young and stupid and don't know what to do, and I'm scared. What do I do? Typical young comic stuff. And uh, I sent it off in the mail. Like four days later, like that includes the time for it to go out for him to read it and respond and put it in the mail four days later. So I got a response from him, a nicely typed like page and a half of, right. You know, of, of advice, which included the useless, you know, and he acknowledged like, I know this is useless to say, but here's what I did. I went up a million times in San Francisco and then I moved to Los Angeles. Didn't matter how shitty the show was. I did it. And I did it 5,000 times and la la la. And the fact that it came from him and he took the time to say it, in that manner, that Absolutely. was the best. Yeah, that made that advice. And, and here's worthwhile. the thing, you know, not not to make you not feel special, but just to praise him, mm-hmm. he does shit like that all the time for yeah. lots and lots and lots of people. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. And I got into a fight. I even unfriended a guy on Twitter who I liked a lot just for giving him shit because this person felt like he hadn't done enough for, like, one specific transgender <laughs> topic. And I'm like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, that's your agenda, but I know a million people he's done things for. He's this big lib who takes shit from liberal magazines for not being liberal in the right <laughs> way at the yeah. right time with the right yeah. word at that moment, even though his whole act is clearly leftist. Yeah. And uh, people just, uh, I mean, you tell your story, I'll just tell it in a sentence. I just... Knew him from nothing, and I asked him to read my book, and he read it within the week and gave me a blurb. Boom. Oh, that's crazy. A book. That's crazy. Crazy. Crazy nice. Yeah. So, cra- yeah. Read so that I in your schedule. I know another comic who he knew he was, like, broke and, like, couldn't go out. And because uh, he was, like, just living, like, any paycheck he could. And he just gave him, like, all his old comic books. He said you shouldn't have, like, be sitting alone in your apartment with, like, nothing to read. This wasn't like a close personal friend of his. This was like some guy he saw like, oh, yeah, I saw you do a set a couple of times. Here were all my old comics. God damn So, uh, yep. Yep, all right. So <sighs> there are people in this world better than – you know the other thing about Patton's great? When you meet him, he just shakes, shakes your hand like a, like a true gentleman. No, I, yeah. I've never met him. I just wanted to be a dick again. Um, <laughs> all right, where are we, Mara? What are we moving to next? <laughs> well, there's so much we could possibly move to. We go for the angry um, question? I like the angry question. Exactly, exactly what I was going to do, yes. Um, one of the things that we ask as well is what is happening in your artistic field that makes you angry because uh, both Wayne and I really enjoy anger and uh, <laughs> and really want to talk about anger and what makes us angry. Um, so, so we wanted to talk to you in particular. I, I thought your answer to that was really interesting. Um, I don't yeah. know if you recall it or if uh, you want me to prompt you on that, but I'd love to uh, to hear your, your response again. Uh, I get, I did, sorry, I was looking at Richard's Brad Or you can just check right now. There you go. I was, I was looking at photos of uh, Brad Dreef. I was trying to find a photo of him from uh, from Dune. Sorry. Uh, he, uh, that is usually what most of our podcasts actually kind of devolve into, just searching Brad Dreef for the entire of the, yeah. Well, it happens. It's, it's very common. Uh, well, speaking of the, the internet, that, that's that's part and parcel of, uh, you know, 
there's this ideas I think now in in comedy that you can basically just you can you can make your way magically without passing through the with without getting the approval of gatekeepers if you because of the web because of YouTube and podcasts you can just you know flout all these rules and it's a it's a regular game changing thing that happens in the business now and you you know there's so many millions of examples and uh there's a there's a general sense of that out there and I think it's misleading especially for younger comics or younger comedians there's certainly there's certainly more outlets but you know people will cite something like you know broad city and say like uh, you know they made a web series and now they have a tv show it's like yes they did <laughs> so that is like even if you can find five other examples uh, that being maybe the most famous that's like there are what a 10,000 web series you've never heard of that never got picked up and they still needed you know amy poehler to help out so right uh you know there and you know a lot of podcasts start you know as part of a network or there's a celebrity involved or a friend who's sort of famous and then or their career's already taken off and then they start a podcast so they already have the followers they need to monetize there's and the people really huge on on YouTube sort of exist outside, for the most part, seem to exist outside, uh, you know, the small world of New York, L.A. comedy. So it's not, you know, they weren't doing it to become awesome stand-ups or like to then pursue stand-up comedy. They were just doing it because, I don't know, they knew how to jack that system. They They figured out how to work it and they were having fun and they were fine just doing that until they died. And then luckily people... You know that PewDiePie guy, right? Is that his name, PewDiePie. 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 He's like oh, the number yeah, one yeah, guy yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like. I, I know what you mean. I, yeah. Very yeah. Nice. You can't. You can't plan to be that. You can't set out to go be that. It just right. happens. And but you're angry because t- bring it all home. I'm not. I, I just don't want anybody to like. If you're like 20 and just like 18 or 25, just starting out and getting started, and you think like, you know, this is. There are. It's it's definitely going to happen because there are these, you know, slightly more open avenues. Uh, I don't know. Just I don't like that. I don't like that idea. I, I think it gives. I think it gives false hope, and yeah. and it can waste a lot of time and a lot of energy and defocus you, because right. if you want to be a stand-up comic, you should go be a stand-up comic. You should not do what I did with my life, which is do two or three other things in addition to doing that, because it's really. It just right. you only have so much time and energy on this planet, and if you decide you're gonna like, I mean, if you stand up comic and before I'm famous, I'm also going to, you know, have a podcast and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna open up a store and then I'm gonna teach skiing. Like you can't, you just can't. Yeah, and if right. you can, you're probably a sociopath or a robot or just better than me, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> right. No, that's that's I think it's a a fair fair point. Uh, um, but now it is time uh, for our second game. Yeah, the game it. is called Highbrow Lowbrow. Great. Uh, I because I enjoy that. I enjoy the combination of highbrow and lowbrow in the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also picked a theme that was based around you because uh, I think the other day we were chatting and I uh, referenced that you were Italian and you explained to me you weren't really Italian. You're actually uh, Guatemalan descent, is that? El Salvador. El Salvador, okay. So so I thought I would pick four people. Here's how highbrow, lowbrow works. 
Yep. Two highbrow, two lowbrow questions. You only have to get three out of the four right. Within each category, the second one is harder than the first, and you can jump around and choose any question you want. Today's okay. category, I'll name four people, and you have to tell me whether or not they're Italian. Very good. No, that's fair. I like this. Okay, so should we start highbrow or lowbrow? Uh, let's go start highbrow. Highbrow. Okay. Benjamin, Supreme Court Justice, Benjamin Cordozo. Uh, Cordozo, Cordova, Spanish Cordozo. Cordozo was born in 1870 in New York City. Um, you know, my, my gut tells me he's Italian, but my head says he isn't. So let's see what happens. So I'm going to say he's Italian. You're going to say Italian? Yeah. Not Italian. Sephardic Portuguese Jew. Never follow your gut. There you go. You can still win. You have to get the next three right. Ignore your instincts. Highbrow or lowbrow? Okay, let's go lowbrow. Actor. You might know him from uh, The Godfather, Dog Day Afternoon. John Cazelli. Fredo from The Godfather. Uh, He's not Italian. He's Italian. <laughs> well, he's Irish Italian, but I'm accepting that as Italian. So, uh, uh, and Cazali's an Italian name, and his father's Italian, and uh, he was in The Godfather. So, come on. All right. So you're over. You, you can't win, but I don't want you to feel bad because there's only been a handful of guests that have won both games. I don't want you to give up. Keep playing. Highbrow or lowbrow? These are going to be a little bit harder than the uh, than the first in each category. Uh, let's go highbrow. Of course, this is also arbitrary. Highbrow? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and by the way, don't be offended. I put acting in like lowbrow and Supreme Court justice and highbrow. Sorry. I know mm-hmm. that might be offensive. To, it's hard to split these up. Okay. It's highbrow. Francisco G. Artiga. <laughs> Landscape and historical painter from 1650. G. Artiga. Francisco de Artiga, A R T I G A. Ah, I mean, it seems like it. I just ah. Let's see. This it was a, by the way, can I just say this was a great game? I'm really happy and proud of myself for this one. Go ahead. I'm going to say Italian. Spanish. Ah. <laughs> A celebrated Spanish landscape and historical painter born at Huesca at 1650. He painted several siblings. I don't know. I just looked up famous Spanish people because I know sometimes Spanish people screw me up when I think they have Italian names. You know, like Crespo. Okay. El Salvadorian. All right. Here's the last one. See if you can get this one right or if you're completely shut out of the category. Actor Rudolph Valentino. Uh, mm, Rudolph Valentino. Silent film star Rudolph uh, Valentino. I think he was Spanish. I'm very happy about this. Valentino was born Rodolfo Alfonso ah. Raffaello Pierre Filbert Guilimi to Valentino Del. I swear to God, these are all names. Rodolfo Alfonso Raffaello Pierre Filbert Guilherme di Valentina de Antanguala in Italy. 
I feel like better what? because you were just so good at the first game, like with no hesitation, just didn't even pause, nailed it so perfectly. It's it's actually this is this is more calming to know that you're not in fact a, a perfect uh, robot, but, uh, but have some faults. I have to say, I think that's the best highbrow lowbrow I've ever constructed. Wow, that was really a. Uh... Because all of them were like a killer, right? You were like on the fence with all of them, right? You could really make a case either way. Mm. Wow. Those names are all... It makes you feel better. Uh, The Valentino one, uh, Wayne told me in advance, and I I got that wrong as well. I just really felt like that was not... Like, a Valentino, it just seems so forced and so... Well, it is, but it turns out he's still actually Italian. but, like, I assumed that would come from someone who wasn't, you know, Italian, who wanted to pretend that... I just... I just... I'm a little disappointed I didn't put in any fake Jews, because you usually get the Jew Italian Mm. switch out. That, That happens. Um, I kind of, uh, yeah, that was actually what I sort you of ever, uh, said. Sean, you ever get mistaken for life. being, uh, you get mistaken for being Jewish on New York City Street by the Hasidic guys? Oh, to... yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you say you're not, do they not believe you? And they still come uh, after you? Well, I, when, whenever somebody asks if I'm Jewish, I mean, the, just the very nice thing to do is go like, not yet. But I hope so, <laughs> and then walk on, and they love it. Oh my God! Well, my, my, like when when you know, I I feel guilty if I say no, but sometimes I really don't want to be harassed. And and they, by the way, they ask because they don't want to convert you; they just want to help Jews be more Jewish. So, but if I'm like running for a train or something, occasionally I have said no, and they're like, yeah, fine. My friend Brendan McGinley, who's Irish Italian, many times he said no because he's not, and they just don't believe him. <laughs> he just looks. God, it's got chewier hair than I do. You believe Brendan? I've never... Oh, that's fascinating to me. You've never heard that no. story? No. It's a story I Brendan don't. tells. Interesting. I don't look at him and think that, that there's a Jew. I yeah. I so. Yeah. Yeah, Jews. Yeah. <laughs> no, just try it, though. Cute. Next time, try it. Like, say, not yet, but one day, I hope so. And then just the smile... The uh-huh. smile is the best. They're just so happy. They're like, "Oh, yeah. well, we're coming, we're coming down into the final, uh, the final uh, thirteen minutes of the show. There are uh, no more, no more games you can lose. I want you to to know that. Um, you, you can breathe out now. But I wanted to ask you because you you've been doing a show uh, every Thursday, uh, Lasers in the Jungle, and that name is very evocative, and I, I picture all sorts of uh, kind of 80s hair metal songs happening, but I was wondering exactly what it was. Is that a stand-up show then? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a stand-up show. It started at um, this place that's closed now called Luca Lounge that uh, uh-huh. my wife, Carol, uh, basically was running uh, a bunch of nights of comedy there, and then uh, with the uh, the owners of... Luke Lines. They were like, oh my God, it's, it was this horrible dive bar where like the toilets were overflowing and they bought their, they bought like beer across the street in the deli and brought it over and charged you $8 for a can. It had lots of problems, but it was our problem. And then uh, w- after like years of investing our time and money there, one day we showed up and there was just an eviction notice and they had closed forever and we lost thousands of dollars of our equipment. We'd been doing lasers for a few years and then uh, we just stopped for a while, and then my co-host and his girlfriend uh, took over, and they've been producing it at uh, UCB East ever since for the last three years, I think. 
So it's there. Come to the show. And then you do that with I, Dan Wilbur is part of that, or, or yep. is he just Dan in that Wilbur. picture? No, Dan Wilbur is uh, Dan Wilbur and Katina Correo are my co-hosts, and Anya uh, is the uh, producer. Um, Anya Garrett, and uh, yeah, we're there every Thursday at 7:30 p.m. to like 8:40, which is a weird time, but uh, okay. uh, yeah, but it's it's a it's a pretty it's a, it goes by fast. It's a lot of fun. We have a ton of great comics, and we usually we play a game up top. Oh my God, just like you guys. Really? What game do you play? We play a different game every week. Or we recycle wow. old kids. <laughs> but are any of them trying to guess Italians? No. Some, no? Damn. No. No. Well, it can be probably, now. Probably yeah. now it will be, right? Like next yeah. week. That's, that's like, I guess that's, I should have I gotten that patented before I yeah, you did. that with you. That's as good as it's gone. Yeah, I've already gotten, I actually already wrote to like Oswald while we were talking. So like, would you write a blurb for this new game that I'm going to introduce <laughs> at Lasers? And he was like, I love that game. We are we're in the uh, time for a game you can't lose. It is uh, what we call the. Uh, by the way, <clears throat> if you were worried that the coffee was going to keep me up, you can tell uh, nothing's keeping me up. I'm I'm tired. I'm tired. Little bit, Sean. Um, it's called the uh, the knowledge roundup, and what mm-hmm. we do is we go around starting with Mara, working to me, ending with you, and we share with our audience something that we learned. In the last hour, so that kind of cause, oh. so it's, a, it's a game, and it's a summary. I guess you could lose. You could just be like, uh, and that would be, a, I guess, count as a a loss. But um, Mar is going to start us off. Uh, what is something okay. you've learned, Mar? Well, uh, what I have learned is that unlike with having children. A lot of people saying having pets is like having children, but unlike having children, you can, in fact, tell your pet, I like you, but you're a dickhead. And no one is going to interrupt and tell you that that's not okay. Child services isn't going to come and, like, take one away. They're never going to go into school and tell their teacher and, and you know, you're going to get forms home or anything. You can just tell one pet, I like you less. I think you're a jerk mm-hmm. and fuck mm-hmm. off. And I think that that is something that doesn't get talked about enough in terms of the benefits of mm-hmm. having pets. Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, oh, you know, they'll they'll feed themselves or things like that. But I, I really feel like that's an undersold point. That's that's what I've learned. Preach it. That's what I've learned. I, uh, <laughs> first of all, I'd like to start out by saying I feel very betrayed because what I do is I usually ramble as I do that introduction to give Mara a chance to uh, think of what she wants to say. Um, But while I was doing that, she was picking the one that I wanted to say. So she stole my my knowledge roundup. I specifically went out of my way to kind of go left field Leaving you just wide open, mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. everything else we discussed. I figured, you know, I don't no think way. it's. I haven't felt so betrayed since I shook a young Sean Crespo's hand and he looked at me like yeah. just a dirty, 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 inconsequential humorist. Um, the what did I learn? Here's what I learned. I follow Sean on Twitter for a couple of years. Uh, but as far as hearing him speak, it's uh, it's been confined to two videos that I heard 10 years ago. One where he was doing kind of a comic 
uh, overzealous voice about picturing his co-workers on fire. And the other one was him singing a parody of uh, Chocolate Rain. And I think that has uh, warped my conception of what Sean's voice is. So I was just not ready for this this lovely boy next door, all American drink of of pure Midwestern water, that is the speaking voice of uh, Sean Crespo, and it's no no wonder to me that the voice uh, of Dell, the voice that, of Dell, yeah, that he's able to subsist on on in addition to his other talents, uh, voiceover work because it's just that's it's like. Uh, I wish you'd replace the Travago guy. You know, that's what? all I'm saying. What's a you Travago? Know, the, the Travago guy pisses me off. You know, you ever see those Travago? That website? No. No. Oh. He's wait, on. He's wait. on a lot of internet commercials. He's older. You know, he's like he's like the guy waiting for his big Don Draper breakthrough role. He just sits at home doing squats, not eating carbs, saying 50 oh, still God. young enough to make it. I can make it. Travago is like Priceline, but it compares lots more sites allegedly. That's Travago. Don't look it up. But he has, don't don't look it up, Sean. It's nothing to look up. It's just the point is he's an all he's got an all American kind of voice you can trust. But he gets on my nerves. And all I think of him is how hungry he must be. I wanna go back because the other thing that I learned is that um I did not know that this episode was actually sponsored by Travago and I will hope that as a co host I will also be getting part of that check. That's just, I want to state that on the record. It seems, it seems like that was a plant, doesn't it? Except that, <laughs> it really, I, that it really I was does. hoping Sean would replace that guy because I just get hungry looking at him because I just know he just wakes up, has kale, does squats, waits for the phone to ring. Are they doing a new Mad Men piece? Can I audition for the new Don Draper? Um, well, that's what I learned, Sean. Uh, he's got a lovely, lovely, lovely speaking voice. And what did you learn in the last hour, sir? Uh, I learned you have a kid. I didn't know you had a kid. I have three kids. What? I just learned that in the last second. (laughs) (laughs) Boy, girl, boy. I'm like a full-blown grown-up in everything. Yeah. yeah. That's terrifying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was just doing the, uh, I did the, uh, I did the internet stuff just to, just to earn, uh, extra money. And now I do the, uh, novel writing stuff. That's more of a, a real thing. Uh, and hopefully I would like to do that. Isn't well, I'm a really, really, I like, you know, I haven't seen them in years. No, no. Um, <laughs> that's how I find the time. I just, I think one of them's Skip, Skip. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, no, I have three kids. Boy, girl, boy. Yep. Yep. That's bananas. Maura, do you have any kids? I have two. I have two boys. Oh, yeah. Fuck you yeah. two. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I've never, I've never told any of my children that, um, you know, they're they're douchebags. Not to their face. I say it all the time behind their backs, but, you know, at at two, I don't fit their face yet. So, you know, speaking speaking of kids and and pets, I don't want to brag, but after the divorce, my ex-wife replaced me with three cats. So you know. <laughs> oh, three cats. True story. Nice. Three cats. Three cats. So uh, you know, not bad. <laughs> not too shabby. Yeah, that is a well, good conversion rate. One man to three yeah. cats. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know how that that uh, weighs because after my divorce, uh, my my ex replaced me with an iguana, but just one. So <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure where that falls. Actually, I'm not, <laughs> not sure how that lines up. But yeah. <laughs> there's an article in there somewhere. Lot, what, what have you been replaced? <laughs> what has your ex replaced you with? There's definitely an article on that. 
Wayne, Wayne's ex-wife replaced him with three cats, and Maura's ex replaced her with an iguana. What will you replace me with? <laughs> Hold on. She's, she's already got all the cats and dogs. Chickens? Well, I want to know. She said a bunch <laughs> of chickens. She wants to raise chickens. That's very That's practical. Fair. That is so practical. Then she's got yeah. eggs, she's got chickens, and a you know, in a difficult. That's that's smart. I like that. That's a good answer. Is, she changed her mind is... to goat, but I told her it's too late. It's chickens. Too late. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, this was, I think, a very uh, successful endeavor, and uh, uh, I'm just teasing you about that handshake, Sean. Um, it was just fun to be a dick. Um, and so, thank you for joining us, everyone. Again, the um, the ladies in the jungle is what day of the week again? Thursday. I don't want to say Thursday, the wrong Thursday, seven thirty p.m. Thursday, Thursday at UCB East. Yeah. And people can get tickets online, or they can buy them at the door, or both. Either or. Sell them a lot, so get tickets online if you can. All right. All well, right. Good luck to yeah. you, sir. It was a pleasure having you, and thanks to everyone yeah. for joining. Oh, I should, I should say, I don't. wait, Mar, do we have any more shows scheduled? We do. We have two more. Oh, we have two more. So, so just a quick announcement. Um, we we have two more shows scheduled, and we will be doing them. And then for a little bit, we're going to take um, we're going to take a, a slight break and figure out how to do a podcast correctly, and come back uh, sort of marketed better, and maybe with like a logo and more downloadable and associated with other networks. But we're lazy and stupid, so we need to like not do shows for a few weeks while we figure that stuff out. But uh, that was just a little public service announcement. Okay. Mara, you say goodbye much better than I do. I'll just shut up. Why don't you take care of it? Thank you, everybody. Thanks, Sean, so much for joining us, and thanks for listening. And we will, in fact, be back <laughs> next week. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys all then. Good night.